Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we're discussing New Moon. New Moon was written by Stephanie Meyer and published in 2006. And the film adaptation was directed by Chris Weitz and came out in 2009. Nice. Nice. Uh, we are so excited <laughs> to do this episode. One, because we already did Twilight, so we're in this. Yeah. And two, because I have so many things to say. We have even more things to say than in Twilight. That being said, if you have not listened to our Twilight episode, that is up. Yeah. Please listen Please to it. Please listen to it. Uh, it's a time. It's It was a great time. It was. Um, like the last book, um, my feelings of anger <laughs> and annoyance uh, powered me through reading this. Yeah. All 550 pages. It's it's a huge book. It's dense. And uh, if you haven't listened to our Twilight episode, you don't know this, but uh, I've read the books before. Mm-hmm. When I was like 16, I read them all. I loved it. All about it. Uh, Ian has never read them. So I'm nope. rereading and kind of like looking back on my 16-year-old self being like, what? And Ian is like... How did anyone ever like this? <laughs> Even teenage girls. How can I love Adina? <laughs> like, I almost feel like the, and maybe the standards have changed. Like, I almost feel like the romantics and sexual tension are very tame in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's like, couldn't teenage girls have found, like, a better outlet for feeling those things than fucking Twilight? <laughs> yeah, I... It, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what it is about this yeah. series that uh, captured the hearts of millions. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know why I loved it. I just did. You know what I mean? Do you like, think part of it was just the phenomenon of it? Yeah. That everyone liked it and was talking about it. and. But I did enjoy reading it. Like, I remember loving reading it when I was young and mm-hmm. like not being able to put them down. Like, yeah. sitting in the car. That is- like after my mom, like my mom getting groceries and me just like staying in the car and like reading. It was unbelievably shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I just like I couldn't put them down. And, you know, even reading it this time, like I got it wasn't hard for me to read it. There was. I mean, it's it's a mixed bag. Yeah. On one hand, it is easy to read mm-hmm. and to kind of keep powering through. But on the other hand, like I was falling asleep so many times reading this book like there are definitely parts that drag if i was a little tired it would you know start to knock me out there was one part that went quicker than all the others but mm-hmm. for the most part it was a uh, a tranquilizer dart right in the ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh just to be clear so when we talk about stuff we are only talking about the plot in terms of twilight and new moon so anything that happens any clips and breaking down we're not going to discuss yet no, no. I actually, we were just talking about this. I basically knew the plot of Twilight, New Moon, and then Breaking Dawn. I actually have no idea what Eclipse is about. Yeah, I forget so. half of it. I only know, what, like, half of the plot. I'm like, how does that book even go? I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> Clearly hit home for you. So, like Twilight, our 
uh, story this time around, New Moon features Bella. Yes. Our heroine. Our sad, sad heroine. Uh, and it starts out with her being sad. And spoiler, she will be sad for the whole book. <laughs> yeah, she. it's her birthday. Yeah. And naturally, she's bummed out about it. Yeah. Uh, and not even her beautiful Adonis male statue man. Icy corpse man. <laughs> can make her feel any better about it no yeah she's like upset because she's turning 18 edward is 17 so she's getting older than him mm -hmm. it's sort of a reminder that she will continue to age edward won't and they're kind of trapped in this weird dynamic where she wants to be a vampire edward says no and they don't really discuss it besides arguing Pretty much. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to change you. Yeah. And she's like, well, if you love me, I'm just going to keep getting older and older. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> and it's like, no, that is weird. The, it's kind of <laughs> odd. And you're going to seriously regret that. <laughs> Plus, um, I think Bella speaks from a place of genuine um, equality, you know, wanting yeah. to be on equal footing with Edward. You know, she obviously feels inferior because she can't like run super fast or mm -hmm. like stun people with a smile or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, have special abilities, anything like that. Um, but Edward's so much stronger and faster and like better at her than everything. So you really can't blame Bella for wanting to just be on equal footing with him. <laughs> Absolutely. And it gets so annoying because, you know, Edward constantly calls her uh, stubborn. Yeah. And then you realize that it's just her wanting to make decisions for herself and like not, not following exactly what yeah. he says and yeah. edward's like oh, you're so stubborn it's like you mean you you she wants things she thinks for herself she thinks for herself <laughs> that makes her stubborn yeah it's like you won't let me make every decision for you yeah so that gets extremely frustrating really fast even on her birthday yeah uh she's like i don't want any gifts i don't want anything like that yeah and he's like okay well we're gonna throw you a party and no one will listen to any of you no yeah. and i'm gonna get you gifts <laughs> and all that shit yeah um so they force throw her a party they force feed her a party yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so that's at, at the cullen's house mm -hmm. she arrives uh, it's kind of funny and like sweet that like the Cullens are so excited yeah. to celebrate a birthday because do they they don't they celebrate. don't celebrate birthdays yeah I don't think half of them remember when their birthdays probably are. not <laughs> they could celebrate their change day that's true their vampire day although I feel like that'd be a mixed bag yeah. like that'd kind of be like oh remember that yeah. time I was attacked in a sewer by a monster remember and how I almost died. And I couldn't choose to become a vampire. <laughs> and I have mixed feelings about it. And now I'm just cold all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bella arrives at the Cullens. Um, and they have this big, great party for her. Yes. Where, everything is perfect. Yeah. Except until Bella gets one paper cut. Yeah. And shit goes. Hits the fan. Fucking down. Oh, my God. So, I mean, this happens the same in the book and in the movie. But in the movie, like, Edward really throws her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because he, you know, Jasper sensed that one tiny drop of blood from the paperclip. Mm -hmm. And starts to, like, charge. And Edward is trying to protect Bella. So he literally, like, throws her backwards, like, really yeah. hard. Like, 
it's so I'm like are you really trying to protect her because you just like literally picked her up and hurled her into a glass table and she like hurt herself so much more yeah she gets from what Edward did to her yeah than anything like then they probably could have held Jasper back yeah also I have to bring this up how did they let Jasper go to school yeah like in a public school someone could get a paper clip like that Okay, paper clip. I said paper clip. <laughs> everyone paper knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one paper cut. Yeah. And he goes bananas. <laughs> like, are you shitting me? Like, they've let him go to public school for this many years. Yeah. There's, you're not telling me that no one had a paper cut. I'm like, pretty sure. During his academic career. Kids nearly cut their hands off like every day in wood shop in yeah. public schools. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, I don't know, in the movie, he is so weird. Yeah. In every scene, Jasper is just, like, kind of in the background, and it's just this weird grin or, like, expression on his face, and he's just like... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it kind of works, like, but also... It's just awkward. And that is the best description of so much of the movie up until this point. Yeah, it's been real awkward so far. It takes a a while to kind of like get in its groove. Yeah. Which is strange. It's hard to put your finger on. I feel like it's the editing and it's like a mumblecore movie too. Yeah, you can't understand so much of the dialogue. Yeah, like both. (laughs) It's like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are having a competition as to who can like mumble mumble their lines more and make it yeah. harder to hear and talk in like a low tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and between that and like the weird editing of other sounds, I don't know. It was really hard to hear at points. And I'm like, I don't know what any of them just said. Like I have no idea. Uh and there's this like terrible scene at the beginning where Bella's at school and then Edward kind of shows up and he just walks like slow motion across the parking lot. And his shirt's billowing. Oh my God. It's literally straight out of like a soap opera or something crazy. It's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, just a lot of, there's a kiss between Edward and Bella. Yeah. Early on that's super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like you could just, (laughs) <laughs> like you could hear all their mouth sounds. Ugh, I don't want to hear the mouth sounds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie's just super weird and uncomfortable for the first like half hour, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, until Bella starts getting killed. Yeah, yeah. Until, She's always getting killed. Of course. It wouldn't be a Twilight <laughs> book if Bella wasn't cowering for her life and having men try to save her slash control her. Yeah. So she cuts her arm even more because Edward throws her into a glass table. Uh, And then everyone's like, oh, shit, we all have to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. Uh, Carlisle stitches her up. Mm -hmm. There's in that scene in the movie, there's weird sexual tension between Bella and Carlisle between Bella and Carlisle like I mean that's just kind of this movie like everyone's awkwardly close to each other yeah they they talk talk. really close to each other um but in this scene in particular they're just very close and intimate while he stitches her arm up yeah this like further solidifies the fact that how much I love Carlisle honestly Mm -hmm. like I love Carlisle we talked about this in the first episode I know I had to listen back and to remember but yeah his backstory is so interesting he's so interesting yeah because Bella's like how can you do it because he's just sitting there stitching her up and he works in the ER he's a doctor deals with blood all the time and she's like I just don't understand how you can do it and he's like you know it was important to me to be able to help people and like 
I can't give that up. I'm like, oh, Carlisle, you're so interesting. I know. Yeah. He's like dedicated his immortal life to like helping people. Yeah. And also trying to help other vampires and curb their appetites. They should just have, the book should just be about Carlisle. That's all I'd want. Like yeah. is a Carlisle book. <laughs> Especially because like his, he's how many years old? Like. Oh, I don't know, like 400 or 500 or something Yeah, crazy. something like 300? that. 300? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's so old and has like such a long history. And like, wasn't his dad like a priest oh, or yeah. a minister yeah. or something? Mm -hmm. There's so much there. I know. They're like, let's just focus on... This moody vampire mopey, teen. <laughs> dopey Edward. Well, and I love that Carlisle has a, a passion and kind of like a vocation, a calling, mm -hmm. you know? He has a job. Like, he goes to work and he likes it. Yeah. All the other vampires, I'm like, what do they do? Like, they don't even sleep, what yeah. What do they do? They don't sleep. They don't eat anything, so they can't enjoy nice food. Uh, so, like, do, Edward, they're like, Edward listens to music and plays the piano. I'm like, how long can you do that? Like, <laughs> not that long. Not every day all the time. Well, and Carlisle in this scene tells about changing Edward again. Yeah, he talks about that. And he talks about um, when he was trying to help people during the Spanish influenza. Yeah. And that, like, um, you know, he was working, like, hours and hours and hours on people. And then he'd have to go to his room to pretend to sleep. Yeah. So that people wouldn't suspect, um, suspect anything. Yeah. Which is such an interesting dilemma. Oh my gosh. We should have a book set in the Spanish influenza when Carlisle is tending to the sick. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so interesting. And then like, <laughs> and then, yeah, this kid, like the mom dies and he has to yeah. decide whether to save the kid. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like there's another vampire in the neighborhood who's like killing and he's trying to like find out who it is and like, mm, like stop a detective it. Yeah. Story detective. Too. Yes. Uh. <laughs> wow. We, we should keep rolling with this. Yeah. I like where we're going. Maybe with I this. will tag Stephanie Meyer <laughs> in this episode, even though we're about to shit all over her book. <laughs> Just write about Carlisle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Bella goes home after this incident mm -hmm. and Edward she, is really upset. He's like so grumpy and pissy, even though they do have a scene together that night where she's trying to make amends yeah. and tell him it's not his fault. And, you know, they're kind of working it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in the days after that, when she sees him at school, uh, he just is vacant he's and, a robot yeah not talking to her being very distant mm -hmm. and it's so difficult to read about because it's so sad it is and it's so fucked up yeah like this is straight up emotional abuse um he is upset about something and he's taking it out on bella and bella of course is like i did something mm -hmm. you know and so she is on edge and she's walking on eggshells trying to figure out what's wrong and to try to get him to, you know, be happy again. But no matter what she does, he ignores her and withholds his affection from her. And she is panicked because she feels like she's losing him. She yeah. doesn't know what to do. And she tries to get him to talk. He won't talk to her. He's just cold and distant. And it is really it. It made me so stressed to read about. <laughs> I was just so upset for yeah. her that she would have to go through something like that. Like no one should have to go through something like that. I know. Like if you're in a healthy relationship, you know how important communication is. Yeah. And when you see people 
not communicating in their relationship like in real life too because yeah. that happens so often oh yeah and it's just so frustrating and sad it is um, and i mean it's okay if you need time to process something yeah. but he needs to tell her that you Absolutely. know what i mean he could be like bella this really shook me i need some time to process this like maybe i'm just gonna spend some time by myself and leave you you know alone or i'm just gonna be a little withdrawn for a bit but at some point, you do need to talk about your feelings with your partner. Like, you can't just withhold how Absolutely. you feel. That's, like, not how a relationship works. <laughs> nope. Not not a uh, good one. It was sad. Uh, and luckily, the movie had him just break up with her sooner. Like, immediately. Like, the next day. Yeah. Uh, he shows up at her house and is like, let's go for a walk in the woods. Yeah. And she knows something's up. Mm-hmm. So they go for a walk and Edward just drops it on her. Yeah. He's like, we're leaving. We can't stay here. It's too dangerous for us. And by we, I mean me and my family and not you. You're not coming. Yeah. That's the worst part. Is yeah. That she mistakes it for like, oh, we is in you and me. Yeah. And then it dawns on her. And she won't accept it. She's like, no, you can't leave me. Like, I know you're upset about this whole Jasper thing. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. being like this and kind of you know being what you do in a healthy relationship whereas someone says something and you're like no i don't agree with that like let's talk about it and instead of letting it continue edward shuts her down by uh actually verbally abusing her by telling her that he doesn't love her and he doesn't want her uh so really hitting hitting her where he knows it'll hurt and where he knows will cause the most pain and cause her to back off yeah just to make a clean break, yeah. as he puts it. Yeah. And then he has her promise him because he's allowed to demand promises yeah. when he's leaving. He's like, don't do anything reckless yeah. or put yourself in danger, you stupid idiot girl. <laughs> uh, and like, think of Charlie. Yeah. Like, feel guilty about Charlie while I'm destroying you right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, and I'll promise you in return that you'll never see me again. It's like, I'll never be here. Yeah. Like, who the fuck does that and thinks that it's a kindness? No, it is not kind to do to disappear on someone without explanation, without, you know, giving them a chance to even talk back or discuss it with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's horrible. And we all know that Edward was lying about not wanting her, but Bella immediately believes it. Because Bella has the self-esteem of, like, an aunt. <laughs> Pretty much. She doesn't think that she's worth anything. No. And it's actually really painful to read uh, about because she is just so pathetic. And I hate it. Yeah. It's terrible. Like, she has no self sense of self-worth. No. Like, she doesn't think she's valuable. She doesn't think she's important or worthy of love from Edward. And uh, and without spoiling anything in the ahead of time, that doesn't change. No, yeah, that never changes throughout the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, she kind of has an epiphany towards the end, I guess, but like, she is just crushed. And of course, since she has no sense of self worth, as soon as Edward leaves, it's just like that's it for yeah. her, which is very problematic. And when someone is the only thing that's keeping you going. And that's and you can't go on without them. That is really, mm-hmm. really fucked up. And, and you know, there's another dynamic to this that I, I thinking about it, I thought of um, uh, pop culture detective. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's a YouTube um, 
media critique. Media creator Mm -hmm. that focuses on uh, toxic masculinity a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's fantastic. Watch every video he's put out because they're all great. Mm -hmm. He came out with one recently, though, called um, uh, Abduction is Romance, where he discusses um, men abducting women in movies and that being romanticized and those characters usually ending up together. Mm -hmm. And one element of that that stood out to me was that in a lot of these plot lines, the man is trying to protect the woman. Yeah. So think Terminator, uh, the first one. Yeah. Where... um, The Terminator is coming to kill Sarah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. what's his name? I forget his name. He's also from the future. He's kind of just like pulling her around, making her do things. Yeah, he he straight up kidnaps her to protect her. To protect her. Yeah. So the justification is because it's for her protection. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And that is so ingrained in their relationship too in Twilight. Oh yeah, and that's the whole dynamic right now. Exactly. Edward is like, this is the only way to protect her and I know best mm-hmm. and I get to make these choices and Bella doesn't have a say. Which, you know, he's entirely the one in control. He's the one, you know, holding the reins, pulling all the strings. He has all of the control and Bella yeah. has nothing. And even outside of this decision, that's always how their relationship yeah. goes. Him yeah. telling her where to go, what to do, because mm-hmm. it's for her protection. Yeah. So that's just another, it's like a justification of the story. Yeah. That is seen throughout probably the whole series, certainly through these first two books, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, things do not get better from here. Bella, instead of, after Edward leaves, instead of walking the, like, three feet back to her house, (laughs) (laughs) takes two steps into the woods and is like, oh, no, I'm lost. (laughs) She's like, oh, no, where am I? (laughs) Immediately lost. And then just wanders the woods like a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And it's just like, my life is over. And then even when there's a search party out for her, she can hear them. And she's just she like, just lays on the ground. Yeah. She's like, I can't even reply. Yeah. I'm like too depressed. Yeah. I can't say anything. And like they find her and they're like, she's oh. in shock. Oh, I just thought of something. What? So in the book, remember at one point when she's out of it, she feels like a snout or something oh, yeah. snorting her. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Sam, Sam finds her. her. Yeah. So was he was it- the wolf. Oh, my God. I yeah. didn't realize that till just this moment. Yeah. I think I realized it rereading it. Um because obviously mm-hmm. I forgot. But yeah, the Sam, uh, the original Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> the OG. The OG uh, finds Bella and brings her back. And everyone's like, the fuck happened to her? Like, she looks like she saw some shit in the woods. Like- <laughs> yeah. Also, Sam, put a shirt on. Yeah. I, I know. He's like carrying her in, but her face is like right against his boob and it's real weird. It's it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I hate the shirtless aspect of this story and yeah. everything about it. But so at this point in the story, we get a time lapse, a time jump. Yeah. And I really like the way the book did this. Yeah. I thought it was very impactful. It was effective. Yeah. Where the next page... I forget what month it started in. Yeah. But the next page was just said October on it. Then the next page, November. Mm-hmm. Then the next and one, December. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else, just the month until like four months later into January or whatever it was. Yeah. And that was just very, I thought that was a good, as a graphic designer, I liked the effectiveness of just oh, yeah. having the month per page. And it communicates so much too, because the previous chapter ended with like her kind of falling into this um nightmare or slash like drowning and she talked about not being able to breathe and not being able to wake up yeah. and then it go- just goes to this endless and mm-hmm. you know bella is not awake bella is not alive bella is just going through the motions obviously yeah there's nothing in her brain in the movie we get this 
Uh, really long. Yeah. It's really long. There's like a voiceover of her. I guess she's emailing um, Alice. Alice. Even though the emails aren't going through because she doesn't know where they're at. But uh, as her voiceover is going, this camera circling of her staring out a window just sit- sitting in a chair and the months are changing. Yeah. And I literally thought for a minute that in the movie version she was in like an insane asylum because <laughs> she's, like she's just staring. In that chair, yeah staring. she's just staring out the window yeah. catatonic mm-hmm. and non-responsive um i get what they're trying to do but it just made her seem out seem to be literally crazy i mean she is she is no yeah and also no one seems to give a shit like nah. no one and the first thing that happens well, yeah the first thing that happens when we get actually something happening is charlie being like okay like this is enough but it's at this point it's been like four months yeah how could you let it you go know, for four, i mean like you know breakups can be rough but i mean after a week or yeah. two you should not be in this deep sadness and if you are you you actually need to seek help. You know what I mean? Like there's something yeah. wrong and you need to talk to someone. And uh, I was reading actually some stuff Stephanie Meyer was writing about this because mm. um, she, when she was writing New Moon, she talked about being really sad because she was like processing through Bella's sadness and like feeling that. And she said she wrote it and she herself had never experienced that type of heartbreak, but she mm. wrote it. Um, what she would feel if she lost a child. Mm. So she was writing it almost from the perspective of like someone dying. Yeah. I, I think that's too Yeah, far. and that's too extreme. And yeah. in her, in this blog entry that I was reading from her, she says, you know, this isn't just a normal breakup. Like Bella's losing her true love. Like <sighs> this isn't just off. a high school breakup. And I'm like, yeah, but even if you did lose your true love, like even I don't believe in true love, but uh, even if you did lose your true love, uh, this is not an okay reaction to have. No, yeah, even if, like no matter what the reason, yeah. if you are this severely depressed, you need help. Yeah. Like you need to find help. Yeah, and um, if even that if that is someone like dying, like yeah, you, yeah. you have to deal with it. You can't just do what Bella does and which is nothing and charlie gives this whole spiel about like you know i thought that you would i you know when your mother broke like left me or whatever he's like i went through a rough patch but i got through it or something yeah and he's like and i thought you would too but it's clear that you're not yeah um i'm like "Ah, just being concerned with about her is different than taking action. You should have taken action a long time ago. Yeah, he should have. Um, he threatens to send her to back to live with her mom. And Bella kind of is like, oh, maybe I need to put more effort into like pretending like I'm fine. So she's like, oh, uh, I'm going on a girl's trip with Jessica. Totally. She's like, I need that estrogen rush. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I need girl time. Yeah. I, I hate how she just refers to hanging out with her friend who's a girl is like girl, girl time. time. How about friend time, Bella? Yeah. You have no friends. <laughs> Remember those friends that we talked about for half of Twilight and then were immediately dropped mm-hmm. as soon as anything started happening with Edward? Remember those friends that we haven't heard from at all in this whole book yet? This is like the first and not the last instance in this story of Bella just using people oh, that she, she cares does. about. Yeah. She's like, I need an excuse to go out. I'm going to take Jessica because mm-hmm. Jessica will talk a lot and not 
try to yeah, talk. Yeah, and she's like judging Jessica. Yeah, you know, like, and don't I'm fucking like, judge Jessica. Jessica's a nice person. Like she goes out to a movie with you after you've ignored her for like four plus months. Yeah, you know what I mean. Four months of ignoring, like straight up ignoring, and then all that time being with Edward and ignoring them. You yeah. know what I mean? But Jessica goes out with her. They see a movie. Uh, things are going fine, not like mm-hmm. amazing, until Bella decides to approach a mysterious group of rough men. Yeah, in an alleyway. Uh, cause she remembers when she was assaulted or nearly assaulted in Twilight. Yeah. Uh, and then Edward saved her, and she like, as she approaches them, she hallucinates Edward's voice telling her not to go near them. Yeah. In the movie. <laughs> We get this amazingly hilarious ghost, ghost Edward. Edward. <laughs> He's just half just his face. there. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a weird way to depict this. Yeah. Uh, but she realizes what's causing this and that like, oh, if I throw myself in danger or I get this adrenaline rush, I hear his voice. Yeah. I hallucinate him and I miss him so much that I want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, this seems... Normal and healthy, Bella. <laughs> and it's crazy because in the book, she just approaches them and then kind of turns around. Yeah. In the movie, she gets on a motorcycle with one of them. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, you could have been fucking abducted and murdered, yeah. Bella. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, quick side note, Anna Kendrick, who plays Jessica. Oh my God, I love her. In the scene when, after they leave the movie theater, yeah. Bella's clearly just in her Not own world. Listening. And Jessica's rambling. And Jessica's rambling is so funny because oh they just saw a zombie movie and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't get it. Are they trying to make some kind of like metaphor for uh, uh, zombies and leprosy? <laughs> yeah. I had a cousin who had leprosy, but like, I don't know if how he's doing now or like maybe yeah. it's consumerism. Uh, I I told Adina, I'm like, I bet you $50 that Anna Kendrick improvised all those lines because it's by far funnier than anything else in the book oh yeah and then i read an imdb fact that she totally improvised those yeah lines. she did and it was so funny and you can kind of hear because she trails off mm-hmm. and because bella's like focus is elsewhere and i heard her say like i know you've been through like some stuff like you're having like a depressive thing right now but i've been through some things too <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, who knows what Jessica has been through? Maybe she's had hard times, but Bella does not care. Bella doesn't care. Nope. She's the worst friend. Bella gives no shits about her normal ass, human ass friends. No. Um, Human asses. Human asses. (laughs) Only blindingly white, stone cold asses. Only like, yeah, sculpture asses. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Greek Mm -hmm. asses. (laughs) Like Edward's ass. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this is just kind of a pattern for Bella through this story, but once she discovers that she can hallucinate Edward if she takes stupid risks, she decides to get a couple motorcycles to fix up. Yeah. And she takes them- who does she take them to? Jacob fucking Black. Jacob Black, uh, aka that guy that she flirted with one time on the beach. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacob. Um- Jacob is a nice person. Yeah. Um, he likes Bella. Mm-hmm. He was kind of into her when she was flirting with him on the beach in book one. And <laughs> back when Bella used him again, used him to get information. Um, so she kind of brings them around and is like, Hey, I thought we could fix them up and like, you can have one of them and I'll pay for all the parts. 
and then we can like kind of ride them together and stuff. And of course, Jacob is like, oh, wow, like she wants to spend time with me. Like, that's cool. And I'll do this thing for her and we'll do it together. And he's like very nice about it. Yeah. And at a later point, after they've hung out for a while and stuff, he asks her, what if I told you I couldn't fix the bikes? Yeah. And she tells him like, well, I would have said we should have found something else to do. But he's, you know, worried. He's like, are you just wanting to use me Mm -hmm. to fix these bikes or for some unknown purpose? Like, do you really want to hang out with me? Uh, Yeah. And so in the book, oh my God, Bella talks so much about the hole in her heart. In her chest. The hole in her chest. Yeah. I was so upset about it that I... gaping, ragged, (sighs) empty... I'm trying to think of other words. Bottomless. Bottomless. Wide. Wide. Vast. Bleeding. Bleeding. Gory. <laughs> weeping. Uh, ugh. Pus filled. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I, I think those words would have described it. But yeah, uh, she talks so much about the hole in her heart. Yeah. And... God, I get I got so tired of hearing about it. I'm like, come on, Stephanie Meyer. Like, yeah. think of some other way for Bella to be sad. For Bella to be <laughs> sad and to describe this sadness. Yeah. On top of that, Bella has nightmares every night and wakes up screaming. So she is literally having like a lot of trauma right now. It is yeah. not good. And I mean, it makes sense. Like, she, her life has been in danger so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably does have PTSD from all that shit. Uh. But yeah, uh, Jacob is nice. Um, Bella calls him her sunshine, her personal son. Because he's like just cheery, Mm -hmm. really warm and friendly. And he fills her that hole in her heart a little bit, she says. Yeah, and it makes it less painful for her to be alive. (laughs) And it's cool because they have a rapport. Yeah. And they have a chemistry. and And they do stuff together. They do things together. And they, I don't know, talk about just... And Jacob has, like, passions. Yeah. And, like, he likes working with his hands and being a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has to take care of his dad. Yeah. Because his dad, Billy, is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, a lot to Jacob. Yeah. He has stuff going on in his life. He's a well-rounded character. He, you know, is kind of game, you know, likes... He could ride a motorcycle. Once they fix them up, he seems like he <laughs> is pretty good at it, you know? Yeah. And at one point, Bella even looks at him and, like, calls him beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, you bitch. Because she knows that he doesn't, she doesn't like him in that way. Yeah. And she keeps, like, it almost luring seems, him on. It almost seems like this is that type of scenario where, like, the guys like oh i'm interested in you and the girl is like you know what i mean it's almost like she's friend zoning him and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but bella is actually doing this to him like she is using him and she knows that he likes her and she likes him too in her own way but she talks so much about how she like needs him and is like now codependent on him since Edward, her previous codependent man is gone. Mm -hmm. Like she needs someone else to like give her, her life meaning and purpose. And you know, it it is worth saying that at one point she does tell Jacob, I don't like you in that way. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And he's like, that's okay. But then after that, she, you know, will hold hands with him yeah, and, you know, calls him beautiful mm-hmm. and really sends him a lot of like problem, like mixed messages. Yeah. Um, and then there's another point later on where she tells him not to give up on her. Yeah. 
like almost like to wait for her that maybe she can like come to love him if she Uh just has time. Uh, And that's a really huge problem. Yeah. Uh, It sucks because in a lot of ways, Jacob is a really cool person and I like them and I might be like a little more team Jacob in this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are you you team Jacob? You know how Uh, they. In this book. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But when was the height of team Jacob and Edward? Was that like in this book or eclipse? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it started in this book. And then Eclipse was the height. Okay. I was I was wondering about that. Like yeah. when that, what would have been a hashtag now? Like when that was going strong. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jacob starts out really cool. And I think they kind of butcher his character as time goes on. They do. And it's so infuriating because when he starts off, he's fun and he's. Easy going. Easy going. So happy. Joyful. Yeah. And then when the whole werewolf thing ha- happens, he becomes brooding. Dark and brooding. And annoying. And, and angry. And angry. Yeah. And it's like if Buffy the Vampire Slayer had two angels. <laughs> no one needs it. One is enough. Yeah. Like at least have a contrast between the characteristics of Edward and Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know. I, I hated how he became so different uh it really sucked and he becomes when he gets his new power he becomes a lot more um volatile yeah violent even and uh, we already had one volatile and violent character yeah with bella and now we have her torn between two men who are both stronger than her um capable of killing her mm-hmm. in a second and uh with tempers yeah, in the movie, when she confronts him about his, when his, his character turns, uh, he tells her, I'm no good for you or anything. And then he tells her, don't come around here again. You, you'll get hurt. Yeah, so he threatens Like her. a threaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a threat. Yeah, it's... <laughs> like a threaten. Like a threaten. <laughs> a good old threaten. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really fucked up and really sad yeah. that they just, like, warped his... And, like, you naturally have more sympathy for him, I think, because, number one, Bella, like, pulled him along so long yeah. into this... And we got to see what he was like before. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, he he kind of like Edward didn't really have a choice in what he became. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Jacob turns into a werewolf, obviously. <laughs> um, it's some kind of uh, gene thing. So he's part of the uh, Quileute tribe. Okay. Quileute or a Quileute I'm not going to, you have the the pronunciation, yes. so I'm not going to try to um, say it. So it's an actual uh, Native American tribe. That's really surprising. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Meyer did some research. Uh, they actually, the beach, La Push, mm-hmm. is actually their, like, oh, wow. part of their territory. Um, and they're in the uh, Washington um, Olympia Peninsula area. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, apparently they do have legends um, involving wolves hmm. in them. It's not as strong as it is in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they don't believe in vampires. But uh, <laughs> she did draw from their tradition, uh, which is interesting. Um, it's kind of cool in some ways. It's kind of like not cool in Cultural others. appropriation. Yeah, it's like, I mean, just kind of picking and choosing this. Native American tribe to kind of suit your own entertainment purposes 
and like appropriating their traditions and customs and entire way of life. Yeah. Um, I did, I did read though that, um, kind of like the publicity from Twilight, um, did actually help the, the tribe to, um, get, uh, their land kind of like more, I'm trying to think of the words for it, but, um, help them kind of launch a campaign to like save their land. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they kind of like used it, the publicity That's good. for their own reasons, but there was a lot of like, especially when the movies came out and everything, like a lot of cultural appropriation going on. Yeah. So. But it is cool to have characters who are native American in this story, like multiple characters yeah. involved in this kind of action romance franchise yeah so that is good that is you know, good that's that and i see that a good element of it but mm-hmm. i agree the cultural appropriation aspects a little like mm, kind of shoehorning their own yeah and i don't think stephanie meyer really got permission to do any of this no so it would be one thing if she kind of talked to them and then put them into her book yeah another element that i kind of wish was maybe looked into a little bit more is i know that um you know, uh, people who are Native American on these reservations go through a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, drug use is like really rampant a lot yeah. of times. Alcoholism. Alcoholism. Poverty. Poverty. Yeah. All those mm-hmm. things. Um, I know, uh, like if young women go missing from reservations, it's like not reported no on a, or no one cares. Um, so there's a lot of, um, issues like that and i they kind of hinted at it almost a little bit because sam and his gang yeah they kind of were like are they drug is it, is it a drug related thing uh-huh. you know these young uh young boys kind of being lured Drawn into in. this yeah. yeah it kind of almost felt like a metaphor for that a little bit at first yeah and then it just kind of fizzles yeah it fizzles out completely and mm-hmm. kind of goes away but i thought that could have been an interesting way to draw attention to this real life issue and like draw a parallel to it. Yeah. Um, but it never really came to fruition. No, I agree. Definitely. And in the movie, uh, Taylor, not Lautner is not native American. Oh really? <laughs> no, he is not. He claims that he has distant native American heritage. Cause I was reading, didn't the supporting cast members have to like prove yeah. that they were. So they, um, made sure all of the wolf tribe mm-hmm. boys, um, were Native American. But Taylor Lautner himself, who is the main character, is not Native American. So I don't know if they kind of were like, well, Taylor Lautner is not Native American, but we're going to make sure everyone else is. Yeah. Maybe like kind of hope that people would not be mad about that. I, I can see how that happened. Maybe in the first movie, they cast someone who looked like it. Because yeah. he wasn't as important of a character and it wasn't as important of an aspect. And then it, he becomes an important character yeah. and then they're kind of stuck. And then as a sequel, it's like, ah, we can't really like get rid of him now. But yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, in a way they made up for that, which is is nice. You know, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk for a split second about Mike? Yes, poor Mike. <laughs> poor but Mike. But also, he's the worst. He's so <laughs> poor Mike. His character never had a chance. Oh my God. I Stephanie love, Meyer. I love so much. Like he's still so into Bella. Yeah. Not, why though? Not knowing that secretly she's torn between a godlike vampire and then a sexy, like physically hot. Uh, wolf man yeah. who's always shirtless and then there's Mike who's, who's like Bella do you want to see a movie with me <laughs> he's still he's just this like annoying Ugh. 
bratty. In the movie, Bella has not been sitting with any of her friends for lunch. She just sits at an empty table by herself. So she finally goes over to sit with her friends and everyone's like, okay, be cool, act natural. Mm -hmm. And then Mike immediately is like, hey, do you want to go to a movie with me? Now that you're not depressed. Now that you seem to be more, I'm like, the fuck, Mike? Like, you you have no chill. (laughs) Yeah, you took one step out of like depression, like made one move towards that. I'm going to jump on it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I just love that Mike exists purely in the story narratively for Bella to shut him down. (laughs) And besides that, he serves no other purpose. None. No other narrative function or anything. And it's like, why would he even still be into her? Like, why? I don't get it. It's not explained. There's no reason. No. But I just... And then at the movies that they go to, he gets sick. Yeah. And is like throwing up in the bathroom and he's just like, oh. (laughs) And that's like the last time we see Mike. Oh my God. It's just him being sick and gross and just like... Yep. And then we never hear from him again. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love it. I don't know why. I just love that he's just this annoying fuck boy. (laughs) Oh my God. He's poor. Poor Mike. I feel bad. I do a little His bit. His character never had a chance. Not a, not not a chance in Not in Stephanie Meyer's hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jacob. Jacob is a wolf. Jacob's a wolf. We he's don't a know wolf about boy. it yet. Uh, Bella. He's ignoring Bella. Yeah. He's like changing into a wolf and he can't hang out with her. And so he's kind of ignoring her. And Bella's like, are you kidding me? This is happening to me again. Edward did the same shit to me, and now Jacob is ignoring me, and I can't stand it. So she decides to try to find that meadow that she and Edward looked deeply into each other's eyes in uh, in the first book. So she is kind of wandering around through the woods, finally finds the meadow, only to find Laurent, that dreadlock vampire from the first movie, just chilling there. He gets real aggressive with her. Uh, Bella really sucks at lying. She sucks so much at lying. (laughs) Um, but luckily she doesn't have to because a pack of, uh, enormous horse sized wolves show up and save her. And she has no idea at this point what's going on. Um, but she manages to tell her dad that all these disappearances going on, because of course there's disappearances going on, Yeah, are um, because of these enormous wolves, mm-hmm. she thinks. Yeah. And uh, she finds out from Laurent that Victoria, who was James's mate from the first, from the first book, mm-hmm. um, wants to kill Bella now, because since Edward killed James, she wants to kill Bella to get back at Edward. So... Yeah, so basically, more people are trying to kill Bella. So what else is new? (laughs) (laughs) Bella's in danger again because of a random vampire just being around. Decides she hates Bella. And this is like the inverse of the first book, where there was one plot going on for the first two parts of the book. Yeah. And then the the third act introduced a random vampire and a random... um, conflict yeah in this story we kind of have victoria yeah being around and being a threat mm-hmm. for most of the book yeah and then it decides the third act is about something totally different drops that completely and we never see any resolution with victoria with victoria no it's infuriating <laughs> it's so absurd and You're annoying like, wait what happened with that like why is that not what 
there's so many plot lines in this story that exist purely to just be something in the next book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is frustrating. Even Jacob. Yeah. At a certain point, Jacob's arc gets completely dropped. Yeah. And there's one scene as at the As soon as end. Edward is intro- like reintroduced yeah. into the plot, Jacob is dropped, Victoria is dropped, uh, everything with Charlie and Harry and anyone at, in Forks is mm-hmm. totally dropped. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Also, I'm like, why did Edward leave Bella and was like, yeah, that one girl vampire and that one Laurent guy, like, they probably won't be a problem. I'll just, like, leave Bella here forever. And she'll be safer. She'll be fine. We threw her into this realm of yeah. problems. And now it'll just be safer if we peace out. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. Like, Bella would have been dead already if the wolves weren't there. Yeah. If the wolf boys, the wolf boys, uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about something movie related, yeah, uh, a little bit because I feel like we've been focusing more on book problems a little bit. Yeah, the movie is actually really similar to the book. It is. There's it's pretty faithful. There's not many differences. No. Um, first of all, let's talk quickly about Taylor Lautner. Yeah. How does he? Because I was actually a little surprised he wasn't as atrocious. Yeah. As I thought he was going to be. He had his moments. Yeah. Some better than others. There are definitely certain parts where he is clearly fumbling <laughs> in yeah. his acting role. Um, But then again, like the dialogue kind of sucks. So you're like, how much is this him? Yeah. Because you know? I, I mean, I like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart uh-huh. in they, other they've movies. They've both proven themselves outside in other of movies, Twilight. But they're so bad in this movie. Oh, like they, they are, are bad. Like, they it's have not no, just the dialogue, it's them. Yeah, like, they have they no chemistry yeah. at all. It's no. so uncomfortable. Um, Taylor Lautner, uh, he hasn't done much since Twilight. I know he's no. in a Netflix show now, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I think he does better when he was, like, normal, happy Jacob. Yeah, he was. Um, and it's just more casual and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's got some charm to him, and he yeah. does well enough. It's when he has to get intense, and like angry, yeah, it just doesn't work. No, it's it's a huge. I I don't know, but it's hard to take him seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for him in future movies because I think he's really gonna fuck it up more. <laughs> oh yeah, it's only downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. So I'm looking yeah. forward to his role later on more so. Um, something else though, I wanted to talk about the music. Yes, these movies have such. Good music. Such in them. good music. Death Cat for Cutie. The Killers. Uh, the Killers. Um, Bonnie Vare yeah, and Saint Vincent. There's a Bonnie Vare song in there. Like Muse. It's, Muse is in there. It's crazy. Like all the music is really good. Now it's not used great. No, it's not used well <laughs> at all, and it doesn't work in the movie. But if you were just listening to the soundtrack, it'd be like a kick-ass playlist. Oh yeah, the soundtrack alone <laughs> is fantastic. Like by itself, the movie just tries to insert songs in as many scenes as possible. Yeah, it's song overload. And even in scenes where there's a scene where like uh Victoria's being hunted. Yeah. And the wolves chase her and there's kind of a I almost want to like its use of music cuz it's kind of a little different. Yeah. But by that point, it's just used that kind of music so many times that it seems weird and out of place and I'm like not into it. Yeah. Um, if it had handled things better, I might've enjoyed that, but yeah, they just, they, I hate when movies do this where they insert a song instead of 
having any kind of emotional development or mm-hmm. dialogue with the actors or any kind of acting. They're like, yeah. let's create a sad feeling. Let's just put in a song. And you can tell because it's just B-roll yeah. of like the characters doing things mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? It's not in a scene. It's just... It's not used effectively. No, exactly. So great music, not effectively used. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh... <laughs> You also want to talk about Charlie, right? I need to talk. This is a sidebar. I need to talk about Charlie. And we talked about this in the first book, in the first episode. But Bella is still cooking for Charlie. In case you were wondering, (laughs) Bella is still cooking all of Charlie's meals. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my God. There's parts where she talks about how she has to go home to cook Charlie dinner while she's hanging out with Jacob. She's like, oh, I got to go home. I got to like cook dinner. You know, Charlie's waiting. I'm like, what are you? His like maid, like his personal chef. And then later she like stays out late and Charlie orders pizza because he can't cook for himself. And she's like, oh, dad, I'm sorry I'm late. Like, (sighs) yeah. And on her birthday, he's like, hey, I thought you'd like a night off. I ordered you a pizza. Yeah. Like that's like, oh, kiddo. You can have the day off of cooking me dinner. Yeah, it's so gross and I hate it. And then later on she talks about how she cooks him a nice lasagna to make up for the pizza night. I'm like, what the fuck, Bella? You're not his freaking housewife. Yeah, he's he's an adult man. He's an adult man who's been on his own for a long time. And if he didn't learn how to cook in that whole time that you and your mom were gone, then he doesn't deserve to live. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Cook yourself food, like have a good diet, and then have him just make himself pizza or order pizza all the time. Don't give him the food you cook. No, it's so stupid. And he's so bad. He like doesn't pay attention to anything that happens with her. She literally talks about how she changes clothes after she gets her arm all stabbed and Carla has to like literally stitch up her arm. She's like, I changed my shirt, but Charlie won't notice. I have a bandage on my arm, but I'll be like, oh, you know me. I just clumsy. And mm-hmm. he'll be like, oh, Bella. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. He doesn't care. And he's like, you got to be careful, kiddo. Yeah. And then she gets the flu. Oh, and my God. he's like, well, I'm just going to leave you in the bathroom. She just sleeps in the bathroom. Yeah, she falls asleep on the floor in the bathroom. And he leaves her a glass of water mm-hmm. next to her. And face. then he leaves to go to work specifically because he can't use the bathroom. Yeah. Because she's dying on the floor. Yeah. So he like leaves for work early. I'm like, what the fuck kind of father are you? Like, she's sick. You should make Put sure her she's in bed, in bed. Get her a bucket. Yeah, get her some like fluids. Make sure she's drinking a lot of water. Get her Gatorade if she needs it because she's losing a lot of, you know, yeah. fluid from throwing up all day. Like, take care of your freaking daughter. Ugh. He's such... And he's like, oh, I'm going to go fishing. Oh, I'm watching the game. Uh, like, where's my dinner? Ugh. Yeah. And at one point, oh, what is it in the movie? She comes back and like clearly something happened to her or she's upset. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, you know, I think I forget what exactly happens. She tells him that something happened and she's upset. Yeah. And he is like. Well, I was going to go fishing, but I can stay home if you want. Yeah. Like that. 
I mean, obvious, I was going to do yeah, something that for obvious, me. obvious, like, I want to go fishing. Yeah. I'll give you this half-assed offer. Well, I will admit that Movie Charlie is a little bit better than Book Charlie. Mostly because Bella does not cook for him in the movie. You yeah. Know, she never cooks for him. Uh, He's significantly better. And he checks up on her when she screams in the middle of the night. He does, instead of just ignoring her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still clueless. He is. But, like, he seems more like he's trying, at yeah. least. He's just kind of an idiot there, there's another element though i want to discuss quickly about the charlie uh bella relationship and that is that bella is constantly talking about how she wants to protect charlie and yeah. make sure he's okay yet at the drop of a hat she is willing to abandon run him. away with jacob yeah um turn into a vampire and run away with edward yeah um run away to italy yeah to save edward where she might die yeah and charlie's going through the loss of a close friend yeah um ride motorcycles and do dangerous shit that could get her killed mm-hmm. like she doesn't give a fuck about him no she, she constantly talks about oh i have to like protect charlie and make sure but she does not give a shit no she constantly puts herself in danger. Yeah, she's the worst. <laughs> but also Charlie is the worst. They're both the worst. <laughs> um, but her excuse of caring about Charlie is bullshit. Yeah, it's pretty thin. Not that she necessarily should give too much of a shit about Charlie. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, she shouldn't. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's bad on both ends. It's, it, it is. It's is the moral. Uh oh, what's what's going on? Jacob is a werewolf. Bella figures it out. Yeah. Right? Um, and then she meets Jacob and his boys. Jacob and the boys. <laughs> um, just the most annoying bro down yeah. dudes. They're shirtless. They're uh, rough housing. Okay, I'm sorry, but how how is what's going on with Jacob? Not a coming out metaphor. It is. Because it really he's just is. like, you don't know what's going on with me. I just got a really nice, stylish haircut. I'm going to run <laughs> I'm around super shirtless buff now. with a bunch also, of I'm dudes. I'm hanging out with these really handsome men. Yeah. How is this not like a metaphor for him coming out? Oh he's gosh. like, I can't talk about it. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> and then he just runs to the woods where other shirtless men are waiting for him. <laughs> and she's like, also, you got like a tribal tattoo? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, come on. But uh, that's my brief rant on that. Yeah. Uh, Jacob and the boys. Jacob and the boys. And the wolf boys. Um, Bella figures out from a very convenient dream that Jacob is a werewolf. Yeah. And then she kind of confronts him about it. And then they take her back to their wolf headquarters, which I would like to point out that the gender roles in this dynamic with Emily and then mm-hmm. the wolf pack is very, very rigid. Um, Emily is Sam's fiance. Sam is the leader of the pack. Literally. Yep. He's the, the alpha. alpha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're engaged. And when Sam was the first wolf, he accidentally uh, scarred her face yeah. with claw marks. And so she's like, yeah, she's, she still loves him. Apparently whatever. Um, but when we're introduced to Emily, it's apparently her house. All the boys are there. She just made muffins for them. She's like, here are muffins, like my children. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm making eggs for everyone. And she is just like there to cook them meals mm-hmm. and to like act like their mother. And it's really weird. Yeah. And then she puts the food down and like, instead of eating at the table with them, she eats at the counter standing up. 
Oh, yeah. It's a really weird dynamic, and it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, and they're just, like, rowdy, roughhousing, fighting boys. Yeah. And she's like, you guys. Uh, and she, like, treats them like she's their den mother. It's really weird. Yeah, not into it at no, all. No, Also, I'm sorry, I don't want to get into it too much, but the whole explanation for their transformation makes, like, no sense because they turn into wolves. Like, the, the werewolf awakens in them yeah. because there's vampires around. Yeah. Yet... Sam was the first one to, to awaken. Um, but this was like a year ago. A y- yeah, like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the Cullens like had been around for a while. So yeah. why did it take so long? And then by the time Jacob changes, the Cullens have left. And Victoria's still around. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why, because I guess Victoria's around. Yeah. Um, but like, where have these werewolves been? And also, the Cullens' explanation for being in the treaty, yeah, right? So, <laughs> I'm sorry. The Cullens it, have a treaty. The Cullens have a treaty with the werewolves where they won't bite anyone on their land. Um, but the Cullens' whole being there is so weird because the treaty was made a long time ago yeah. with the Cullens, yet the Cullens can't be in the area that long because no. they don't age and people will notice. Yeah. So they have, they can only be there like five years, probably like yeah, tops. Maybe 10. Maybe yeah. 10. But like Edward like is young enough that it's like he should definitely be aging. Yeah. Maybe they just paint a beard on him. Can he <laughs> grow a beard? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, maybe he's like stuck in that adolescent phase. Where you can't grow a beard. Yeah. I guess my summary is like none of these timelines make sense to me at all. They don't make sense. Like the Cullens. Like, made- the timing of the wolves. Yeah. The timing of the treaty and like how long the Cullens can actually stay in their home and like why would they have this all set up if they can only be there for a few years. Yeah, they can only be there for like five years and then they have to leave for like 50 years yeah. so that everyone who remembers them would die yeah. <laughs> and they can come back for just like another five years. Yeah, I don't know. It's, weird. it's bizarre. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it, it's vampire math. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I'm not into it. <laughs> Uh, Bella, so the werewolves are hunting Victoria. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find her. They find out that she wants to kill Bella. So they're like, okay, we'll kill her. It's fine. Uh, and so Bella gets tired of the wolves being gone and Jacob not hanging out with her. So she decides to jump off a cliff. Yeah. Um, and she's stupid and she almost dies because the water below is, um, stormy. Yeah. Yeah. She gets Mm -hmm. caught in an undercurrent and, it almost kills her. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Jacob's there to save her. Yes. And she doesn't die. She doesn't drown. Thank God. Mm-hmm. She gets back home and finds Alice. Yeah. And Harry has died. Oh, also Harry died. <laughs> no one knew about him. He was not important to the story. Nope. But they're going to use this in some way as a plot device. I knew. Like, when he died, I'm like, okay, this has to serve some kind of plot function because, like, no one gave a fuck about Harry. No. <laughs> Um, the way he dies in the movie though yeah like he's with charlie and they're like on that wolf hunt yeah. you know and then victoria is just like running through the forest and like grabs him yeah why for no reason in the middle of the day like with other people around like with a whole like police force around yeah grabs him nobody sees it and then the wolves like charge to like drive her away and then she kind of throws 
Harry, and then Harry has a heart attack because of it. I'm like, the fuck is happening? Yeah. He can't I, just have a normal heart attack. Like, he, he was not watching his cholesterol. Like, come on. It had to be vampire-induced. Yeah. Yeah, so Harry has a heart attack and dies. And uh, so when... This is an elaborate setup. Oh, my God. I know. There's and, too many details. And so Bella gets home and there's Alice. Yeah. And Alice is like, I thought you died. And she's like, no, Jacob saved me. And she's like, I can't see Jacob. Jacob's not in my visions. Yeah, she can't see werewolves for some reason. Um, she had the vision of Bella jumping off a cliff. Yeah, which is why she came. not coming out of the water. And then basically... Ro- Rosalie yeah. finds knows this and tells Edward that tracks Edward down that Bella died. Yeah. Uh cuz that's what Alice thought. And then Edward calls calls Bella's house. <laughs> calls Bella's house and asks for Charlie. Uh-huh. Where Jacob p- picks up the phone and is like uh he's at the funeral. Yeah, he's at the funeral. Bye. Yeah. And, and then Edward's like, oh, she's totally dead. I guess the only justification for this complicated setup is that in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Isn't it just like someone didn't get a letter? Yeah. And like the book draws blatant parallels to Romeo and Juliet. Stupidly they quote it blatant. in the beginning. They talk about reading it in class. Like Edward talks about Romeo. It's, you know, a whole thing. It's way hitting you over the head with yeah. the comparison. But in Romeo and Juliet, you know, Juliet takes this potion that makes her look like she's dead, but she's not really dead. And the friar priest guy is like, okay, I'm going to write a note to Romeo. <laughs> so he knows that she's not dead yeah. for real. And then the note doesn't get to him in time for some reason. And then Romeo's like, I have to kill myself now. So of course, <laughs> Edward is like, I have to kill myself now. Yeah. I learned nothing from reading Romeo and Juliet in class. <laughs> if only I paid attention. If only we had cell phones but- and I could just text Bella. Are you dead? <laughs> <laughs> if only those existed. <laughs> Snap me, Bella. So I know you're alive. <laughs> you up <laughs> so i guess that's the only justification for this convoluted setup is it's parallel i guess to yeah. romeo and juliet regardless edward's on his way to italy to piss off other vampires so they kill him yeah and then alice and bella are like we have to go jacob's like don't go and bella's like yeah i'm going and she's Fuck like, you. just I'll write a note to my dad whose best friend just died as I leave as him. As I abandon and, him. And possibly get myself killed. Yeah. Um, let's just speed through this part because yeah, it's so they dumb. They fly on a plane. Why? I don't know. Okay. It's so weird. Yeah. Vampires on planes. I can't imagine this works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then Alice steals a car. They drive through Italy. And then Bella has to like run across a courtyard, even though she's very bad at running. Before Edward walks his pearly white Before ass. dramatic as fuck Edward <laughs> waits until noon, exactly noon, to just walk in the center of this courtyard yeah. with his sparkly chest. Because revealing himself publicly um, is bad for the vampires, so they'll kill him. Uh, yeah, it's such a it's such a setup yeah. and such a complicated thing. But luckily, Bella makes it in time. Mm-hmm. And... They're reunited, and in the book, Edward weirdly doesn't, like, I don't know. They're reuniting in the book is, like, very anticlimactic. It is. He thinks he's dead at first. Yeah. And then she's like, no, you're not dead. And he's like, oh. 
Oh. And then the Volturi are there and they're like, oh, okay, now you guys have to come with us. I really was annoyed that like Edward wasn't embarrassed at all in yeah. the book. I'm like, shouldn't he be fucking embarrassed that he almost just killed himself? Yeah, he should have been like feeling some things. Yeah. Or apologizing at least. Yeah. Jesus. Sorry I made you fly out to Italy to save me. Yeah. Um, But then they go, they have to go see the Volturi because of all this shit. And this is just kind of a. It's it's like the climax of the third act, and it's just yeah. We're like, what is happening here? I don't even know what we're supposed to think. Yeah, like suddenly these Volturi are introduced, and even though they're played in the movie, even though um Arrow is played by oh yeah Michael Sheen Michael Sheen, who's awesome in He's the role. He's really great. I love him. He just yeah. brings that like charisma and charm and that like craziness. Yeah, it's so. There's a part where he his eyes are just shifting back and forth, and it's for great. like a minute, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> and Dakota Fanning plays Jane, who's like the evil angel child. Yeah, it's kind of this tense moment in the book, although it didn't even feel that tense. No, because Arrow is just so. Um, Bright and happy. Bright and happy. And like not in a sinister way even. Yeah. He honestly just seems like very happy. And <laughs> they agree that Bella can is allowed to live. Yeah. Only if she's either killed soon or is turned into a vampire and yeah. turned into one of them. Mm-hmm. And Alice shows him her vision of Bella turning into a vampire. So she's like, it's going to happen. Which in the movie is this amazingly funny shot of oh my God. Bella and Edward just... Cavorting through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> just not even super fast. They're just like sauntering through the woods. It's, it's so it's so funny. At least the movie gave us a, um, a kind of fight scene. Yeah, they kind of battle it out a bit. Yeah, which at least added some tension because then Edward almost gets killed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I at least admire the effort to make this a little more interesting. Intense. In, yeah. the, in the book, it's just like them talking. Uh, and it is dangerous, I guess, for them. But it's, I don't know. I think the Volturi are meant to be interesting. But at this point, they're not that interesting. Yeah, I want to be more invested. But it just comes so far out of left field that I'm not sure how to like yeah. process it. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like when they're being led through in the book through like the sewers and then yeah. they're in this weirdly modern office. Yeah. And then into this throne room of the vampires. Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of interesting, but you just don't get enough time to understand it or enjoy it. No, we haven't heard much about these characters, like a little bit in the first book. And then Edward talks about, how he would kill himself at the beginning of this book. Uh, Edwards, I really am annoyed with this. Like, they're like, I couldn't live without you. I would kill myself in a second. And I had like already been planning it. Like, yeah. I'm like, can we not be so nonchalant about yeah, suicide? And it's like, if you think about the person that you love, like everyone think about the a per- one person that you love. If you died, would you want them to kill themselves? No, no, like, no, that's terrible. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I more understand, like, if something happened to someone you loved, like the natural depression that you would go oh, through, yeah. but like to plan it out ahead of time and yeah, be like, oh, well, well, of course I would do this. Like yeah. with no regard for how your partner or loved ones would feel about it is just really like Stephanie Myers just trying to amp up the tragedy and the yeah. love. But it, I think it comes across as very um, tone deaf. And just kind of not really considering what it's talking about. No, and it it's 
really unhealthy and really fucked up. Yeah. Um, so they come back from Italy. Edward is safe. Bella is safe. And they have this whole like kind of discussion where Edward tells her that he lied about not wanting her and he loves her and he, now he's never going to leave her again. And of yeah. course she doesn't trust him. She's like, I don't believe you. Like yeah. you left me. Uh, then you she fuck. kind of like has some kind of revelation about it, I guess. I don't know. Stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was Edward's most annoying line in the book is that he blames her essentially and is like, I can't believe you actually believed me that I didn't want you in my life. I'm like, Fuck you. Yeah, you're the one that lied to her. Yeah, you, you lied don't get to her to blame face. Her. You crushed her. And then you're like, I can't believe you believed me, you idiot. How I'm could like, you believe me? Yeah. So annoying. Uh, but then Bella's like, okay, I know you don't want to turn me into a vampire, uh, but I'm going to take this out of your hands and we're going to put it to a vote with your family. Yeah. Because I'm not trusting you with this shit anymore. To be fair, Bella should have also pulled her own family and her friends, but did not do that. True, very true. But then again, she has to live a lifetime with these. That's true. not a lifetime, more than a lifetime with the Collins. <laughs> That's true. So it's probably like, like, can you look at this face <laughs> for millions of years? <laughs> Essentially, um, so they take a vote, and everyone, basically, but Edward and Rosalie, yeah, uh, agree to turn her into a vampire. You're like, Edward, you're stupid. Edward, you fuck. You clearly <laughs> can't be trusted with anything anymore. We all like we all like Bella. <laughs> and even if you two broke up, we'd want her around. Yeah. So we're, we're going to turn her into a we're vampire. Team Bella. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we talked about how like the plot was just completely dropped. Yes. Uh, someone that was definitely dropped is Jacob. Yeah. And Stephanie Meyer like actually mentions this in the book. She's like, what happens when true the true Prince Charming comes back? And then you have this extra character that you don't know how to yeah. like wrap up his storyline. Yeah. She like she literally says Bella has, has this yeah. like he doesn't have a, a end to his story. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what to do with him now, Stephanie Meyer. Like, ugh. She's like, but if I wink and nudge about it, then it's like I've considered it and thought about it. It's just really sad. And in the movie, Bella tells Jacob, she's like, Don't make me choose between you because it'll always be Edward. I'm like, damn. Like, yeah. Jesus. She, she tells him it was always him. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, what was that whole time that you were with Jacob and you were using him? Yeah. Like, I guess you don't need him anymore now that Edward's back. It's just really mean and sad and I feel bad. Yeah. I feel super bad for Jacob. Yeah. And Bella was horrible and used him yeah. so blatantly. She was even aware of it. Yeah. Like. Admitted it. Yeah. It wasn't even like this subconscious thing totally aware of it mm -hmm. and now she, she and she still wants him as a friend yeah and she's like can't we still be friends jacob's like no i'm not gonna let you turn yourself into a vampire like i you're my friend and i love you like mm -hmm. uh it's just sad and of course jacob and edward have have to have this rivalry yeah and it's so annoying because jacob just hates vampires now he hates vampires like they murdered his whole family <laughs> even though he didn't even know they existed until like a week ago it's the ancient enmity between werewolves and vampires yeah he just has to hate them so there's this just forced rivalry between them obviously yeah. over bella too but it's just like he has to hate vampires also of course yeah um i don't i i don't want to end this episode without talking about actual like emotional abusive like signs of being an emotional abusive relationship yeah because bella straight up is in an emotionally abusive relationship and like something that edward does to 
Bella a lot is a uh, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure what gaslighting is, um, it means that you kind of trick them into not trusting themselves. And uh, some signs that your partner might be gaslighting you is if you constantly second guess yourself, you ask yourself, are am I too sensitive multiple times a day? You often feel confused and even crazy. You're always apologizing to your partner. Mm-hmm. You can't understand why you aren't happier with so many good things in your life. You frequently make excuses for your partner's behavior to friends and family. Uh, you withhold information from friends and family so you don't have to explain or make excuses. Uh, you know something is terribly wrong, but you can never quite express what it is, even to yourself. You start lying to avoid the put-downs and reality twists. You have trouble making simple decisions. Mm. Um, you have a sense that you used to be a very different person, more confident and more relaxed. Uh, you feel as though you can't do anything right, and you wonder if you're a good enough partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's And clearly, this relationship in this story, it's not directly gaslighting. It's kind of this romanticized yeah. version of it. Yeah. But there's clearly elements of it in there, mm-hmm. this kind of manipulation, Edward controlling her. Yeah, and, and that's, that's abuse. Yeah, it is. And Bella having no first of all she's completely like dependent on edward yeah she like can't go on without him no and yeah it it, you know and she's afraid and you know she's afraid that if she does something he'll leave her yeah like that's emotional abuse um and then there's another sign of abuse uh that someone is hot and cold you know Mm -hmm. he'll be like very affectionate to one second and then very distant in another which is classic edward yeah, for sure. And also um, this lingering threat, you know, Edward's kind of, and this was from He's Jacob dangerous. too. Yeah. yeah. They're mm-hmm. both dangerous and they're like, you know, I, I might hurt you. Like it'll yeah. be out of my control. And that's kind of a, that's another classic abusive thing. It's like, don't make me angry. Yeah. If I hurt you, it's your fault because you've made me upset. Yeah. yeah. You instigated it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I, you know, it's, funny to talk about this story and how fucked up the relationship is. Um, but it's also, you know, it's, it's a serious issue. It is. That needs to be discussed. And I think especially the gaslighting element. Yeah. A lot of people still don't know what gaslighting is. And it's, it's making people not trust themselves or Mm -hmm. making them think that they're crazy. Yeah. Telling the person their memories aren't correct. Or that you're being too sensitive. Your feelings aren't valid. Like all of that is classic gaslighting and not taking someone seriously and making them doubt what they feel. It's, it's important to know what it is and to see the signs of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So moral of the story, don't base your relationship on Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you have not revisited this story since loving it as a tween. Yeah. Maybe. It has not aged well. <laughs> it has not. It is very problematic. Yeah. Um, also, and... <laughs> If we didn't think it was problematic enough, the story ends with Edward proposing to Bella. Yeah. So. So let's continue this love story. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just keep going down this rabbit hole. Yeah. That is this awful relationship. So which one? I'm not going to say which one is better. Which one is worse? (laughs) Um, I have to say the book. I think the movie's better. You know, I kind of think the movie might be a little bit less bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is shorter, so it has that going for it. Yeah. And also it cuts out some of the stuff that I didn't like as much, which was Edward 
being really emotionally distant to Bella, Charlie being the worst yeah, dad. Yeah, Charlie's not quite as bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bella's still pretty manipulative of Jacob. We don't get to hear her talk about it all the time. No, yeah. yeah. And we also don't have to hear Bella talk about the hole in her heart. Ugh, over and over. Yeah, Stephanie Meyer, her writing is just very repetitive. It is. I think like the one description she used like five times was when someone would smile but it wouldn't touch their eyes Ugh, that yeah. expression she used like i wrote it down because like it was like the fourth time it had been used yeah um she's just very repetitive with that kind of stuff and it mm-hmm. you know a 500 page book the fact that the movie condensed the entire story and they kept pretty much everything in it they kept everything yeah i'm like this is 500 pages how did it yeah. Keep Who was every her editor? Element. Yeah. Like- <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to say movie. I, okay. I'll, I'll say movie too. And also the movie's just a little more enjoyable. Yeah. Totally. You can just like laugh In at an it. unintentional way, <laughs> but still. Yeah. You get to laugh at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. more than the book. Mm-hmm. So the book just made me angry. Yeah. It did make me angry too. The movie made me laugh more. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say movie. All right. I'll say movie too. Okay. Lightning round? Lightning round. Okay. So first thing for lightning round, in the movie, Jacob, when Jacob turns into a werewolf and Bella goes to confront him, but she doesn't know that he's a wolf, uh, he's like really angry and broody and mad at her. And he's like, I know your secret, Bella, about the bloodsuckers. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you've been lying to everyone, Charlie. And then... But you can't lie to me. (laughs) He's like, you've been lying to everyone. Charlie (laughs) can't think of anyone else, apparently. He trails off. I think he just misread the line where he's, it it just sounded like he began listing people and then just stopped after Charlie. (laughs) It was so so funny. funny. It was great. Um, Okay. I wanted to talk briefly about the fake movies in both the book and the movie. Yeah. So in the book, they're like, let's go see a movie tonight. And they're like, I heard that romantic comedy has been getting good reviews. I'm like, who says that? Like, oh, that romantic. Like, what? Yeah. And then they're like, what about that movie with the female president? <laughs> I'm like, What yeah. movie is that? Who Who's in it? What's it called? Like, no one just says the female. And then... Um, uh, then there, Tomorrow and Forever, oh. I think, is the movie Mike wants to go see with her, which is yeah. like a romance. But they end up settling on Dead End, a zombie movie. <laughs> and her descriptions of it, it's like, oh, and then the screams and the it was so scary. And yeah. like, you've never Stephanie seen Meyer has not seen a zombie movie <laughs> in her fucking life. I would pay money on it. There's no way she's seen a zombie movie. And then in the movie... Um, they, they either want to go see love spelled backwards is love <laughs> or face punch <laughs> and hearing Someone had fun with these and hearing the friends improvise talking about face punch oh. killed me. It was so bad. Oh my God. And when they're watching it, you just hear the Wilhelm scream in the background and just endless machine guns. It's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> Okay, so in the book, when Bella decides to, like, pay attention to her friends again, she's just noticing them after being a zombie. She's like, I barely recognize Lauren. Lauren was just the girl that she didn't like in the first book. She cut off all her blonde corn silk hair. Now she had a pixie cut so short that the back was shaved like a boy. What an odd thing for her to do. I wish I knew the reason behind it. Did she get gum stuck in it? Did she sell it? 
Had all the people she was habitually nasty to caught her behind the gym and scalped her. Like, what? Fuck you. Fuck you. you. Like, maybe Lauren went through a tough time and wanted to cut her hair. Or maybe she just thought that it would look good on her. And maybe it does look good on her, I bet Lauren looks fucking awesome with the pixie cut. Yeah. Almost everyone looks good with the pixie cut. I know. How dare you, Bella? She's so judgmental. There's so many things in this book that clearly, like, Stephanie Meyer... Her own opinions are inserted. Yeah. Like, at one point, like, Bella's listening to rap music. Yeah. And um, Jessica's like, ah, you listen to this? and. She and you know Bella's like, oh no, but like I just wanted to drown out, yeah, uh, Jessica. Like just being judgmental of rap the, music, rap music. Yeah, shut up, Stephanie oh, Meyer. God, yeah, that was. How dare you diss p- pixie cuts? Like a boy, yeah, Adina. Ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just in the early part of this movie of Edward, there's so many awkward moments, yeah, and weird His moments faces. and funny ones. There's a scene where they kiss each other. Yeah. And Edward makes these noises and is like struggling to kiss her. And he's uh, uh, like, yeah, and we were both like, it looks like he's jizzing his pants. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's doing, but it seems like yeah. he just unloaded in his boxers. <laughs> um, then there's a scene later where after Bella gets attacked at the party. Yeah. And uh, Carlisle sends Edward out to find Jasper. <laughs> Edward sulks out of the room, and I swear to God, he walks so slowly away. Like, it's just... Like, he just hunches and walks so slowly. It's awful. And then there's a scene when when he's breaking up with Bella. Yeah, in the woods. His eyes are, like, half-closed. Yeah. And, like, puffy-looking the whole time. He looks like, like he's high. <laughs> he looks like he smoked a doobie yeah. right before the scene. Ugh. It's so funny. Like, he's just so awkward through that first part of the movie. Yeah, he is. But. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's our lightning round. Lightning round. That's our discussion on New Moon. Thank you for listening. This was great. Uh, definitely look for Eclipse in the future. We won't do it right away. We like yeah. to let some time pass, but we'll definitely do it. So, yeah. I have to rage read. I have to rage read the whole series, Adina. Yes, yes. I have to do it You've now. You've come so far. I have. <laughs> um, but if you like this, hopefully you listen to the Twilight episode. If yeah. you haven't, absolutely listen to it. Check out all other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Cover2Credits. That's the number two. Mm-hmm. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and email us at coveredtocreditspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us suggestions. Our last episode on A Wrinkle in Time was a suggestion. Yeah. Um, we love taking your suggestions and doing episodes on them, finding out what you're interested in. Oh, yeah. And find us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Give us a star rating or leave a review. It really helps us with our rankings. We're on Patreon. If mm-hmm. you'd like to contribute or just check us out, uh, head over to Patreon and check out Covered to Credits on there. We have a monthly podcast that we'll be updating soon for our patrons. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as we did. When we weren't talking about (laughs) abusive relationships. (laughs) Also, respect yourself and never date someone like Edward. (laughs) Absolutely. That should be your number one takeaway. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.